It's the early hours of March 3, 1972. A police officer is cruising on Riverside Avenue, which runs for a few blocks along the Little Miami River in Loveland, Ohio. On the side of the road, he sees what he first thinks is a dog lying there in the street. He slows his vehicle on the icy road to avoid hitting the animal should it get up and run in front of him. As he nears the animal and stops his patrol car, at a certain point, the creature suddenly stands on two legs in a crouching position. Illuminating the creature with his headlights, the officer can now clearly see that it's not a dog at all, but something he cannot explain. It was three to four feet tall, 50 to 75 pounds, its skin leathery and amphibian with wet matted hair on its body that almost looked textured. Near the back, a short tail twitched as it stared at the officer with its nictating reflective eyes. Its bipedal reptile frog face began gnashing and clacking its teeth, then leapt the fence on its two legs and scuttled off into the underbrush. The officer immediately reported the incident, and later that night, returned with his partner. All they found was evidence that something had scraped the hillside on its way down into the river nearby. All would have been forgotten until the next night, when the screams of another police officer were heard on that same road. Then the police officer looked over to his buddy and was like, yeah, I thought it was my wife. Am I right? Because she's a fat piece of shit. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Seems like something cops say. That sounds like a thing a cop would say to another cop. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of spooky. It's a frog thing that's five feet tall that stands up on two legs and has fur and runs off into the underbrush. Yeah, I don't I don't understand this. Like it's not really a frog if it has fur though, right? I mean if it's frog shaped. It's frog shaped. It's like half frog, half matted fur. Oh, it's gonna smell so bad. It probably does. That's that's something I noticed in a lot of the ones uh, we're looking up for today, that everything has combination skins like fur and scales well we'll get into that Bone a little bit dirt. later but first let's do a little introduction oh yeah well, yeah welcome welcome to paranoia shop guys oh god my you're one <laughs> welcome to paranoia shop your one-stop shop for all things supernatural conspiracy and weird where we probably make fun of them all i'm aaron john waltke and to my right that is was your that's your middle name I never knew. Yep. I'm Chad Christopher Quant. Oh, God, my middle name is so much better. <laughs> it's like than Christopher yours. Cross. Oh, no. Chad. And you're listening to Paranoia Shop. This is our sixth episode, and our theme for this week I cannot believe we've been doing this for six months, but our theme for this week, <laughs> episode six, is Cryptozoophilia. <laughs> can, can, I, can I address? I'm so sorry, anyone listening for this voice i'm i know it might sound smoky and smoothie it might just sound like a cat dying <laughs> yeah chad unfortunately has lost his voice so i'm trying to make mine extra rich and buttery it, it was to big, make up for how strange a, his voice is it was a big weekend it weddings, was a big weekend for weddings wedding. dodgeball tournament halloween parties people came together and but did you see any unexplained monsters unexplained monsters someone sat next to me that had a terrible smell 
So he may have been a monster. He could have been like a, a human skin or something like an undead corpse just like underneath his shirt. You ever think about that? Like you don't know what's underneath people's shirts. Well, could, I, just, could just be like flesh wounds. That's true. They could be reptilians or something. They could all be quaddles. <laughs> Quetzalcoatls. But to explain the theme for the week, cryptozoophilia, obviously cryptozoology is the study of unknown creatures. And zoophilia is the love of animals. Not the sexual love of animals. Well, technically, yes, the sexual love of animals. But, it's a you, pun. Sh- but you shouldn't. You shouldn't make love to Bigfoot, is what we're saying. Because he will rip your dick off. Well, unless it's a female Bigfoot. A female she will, Chewbacca. She will rip it straight off. Cryptozoology is a, a fascinating subject. It's kind of what got me started in doing this podcast in the first place, because I love reading about unexplained creatures, because for every creature that sounds completely absurd and made up, there are at least three that everyone thought were fake and then suddenly were discovered to actually be real animals. Uh, like for a current example, a recent news story suggesting that a Yeti the Yetis in the, uh, I forget the name of the mountains. There was a new Himalayas. species of bear found that was like half polar bear, half black bear, just yeah. giant bear. They had had found these fibers of mysterious hairs that had been considered, oh, this is evidence that a Yeti exists, but they refused to let them get tested. So finally, some scientist was able to procure a sample of this Yeti hair and tested it and it turned out that the mitochondrial dna matched that of ancient polar bears like a breed of ancient now extinct polar bears which means that it's possible they're still alive and have just hybridized with other bears and that would explain that sure enough you know bears are like nine feet high they kind of they can stand on two legs they have claws so and maybe it is real and maybe it maybe it has the intelligence of a human being maybe it's it's possible they they have a a polar bear society in the himalayan mountains and everyone who goes up and discovered and gets killed by a bear which just assumes is a yeti that's very cool this is this is the conspiracy theories that allow you to go like i could go hunt this thing to me that is like the ultimate end game fantasy is yeah you capture it's it's up to me to destroy this menace or you capture it and becomes your best friend like harry and the henderson's that is also possible. You could raise it as a surrogate child. Or you fall in love with it. I don't know why or, I keep going to this like weird sexual idea of... Cryptozoophilia. Like, like wanting to bang every mysterious animal in the first three minutes of the podcast. <laughs> I've referenced it three times. And before we get into this, I just want to say, like, first of all, cryptozoology has so many beasts out there. There are, like, mythology and lore and animals that people are making up. There are so many out there that we figured it might be fun to highlight some of the lesser-known cryptids out there. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to just do Bigfoot. No, we're Bigfoot, not Nessie, Yeti. you know, the that, Yeti. That, they're too mainstream. The Yeti, they're too mainstream. Yeah, but we thought, why not give the, the, the smaller guys a chance to shine a little bit? And so this hour <laughs> is more about the lesser cryptids. This is like... We're like Pitchfork for monsters. The true aficionado of undiscovered creatures. We are going to the summer festivals that you don't want to go to. <laughs> this is the the Bonnaroo of And finding Vampire Weekend. Finding the Vampire Weekends <laughs> of, of swamp monsters. <laughs> okay. Well, to get a little bit more in depth uh, in that first story, that creature, the bipedal frog man is something known as the loveland lizard say again the loveland lizard or the loveland frog 
named for Loveland, Ohio, where it was spotted. The fact that that makes it a little more noteworthy is that it was two police officers who independently spotted the same creature on the same road at two different times. So it seems like, unless they were both in on it, which doesn't make any sense, that, you know, it seems a little more credible than your average Yahoo out in the woods. Well, I guess the details are saying that theoretically that the, the cop who saw it the first night came back to the station and told everyone. So then you insert this Seriously. seed of an idea in his head. So when he goes out the next night, he just, but your story ends with that second cop being murdered. What happened to him? Uh, well, he, he was okay. <laughs> what happened? Did he okay, see well, it? Okay, well, he did see the, in fact, the second officer, Officer Matthews, he attempted to shoot the creature good, good in instance. order to back up the account of his partner's sighting a few nights prior, but the lizard escaped, most likely to die from its injury or in the bitter <laughs> freezing cold of that. Or to build up animosity towards humans <laughs> and, and grow stronger at night and yeah, to lay its, to lay its spawn it's specifically to children. hunt down everyone. <laughs> it's... So, like, you're saying that the Loveland Lizard or the Loveland Frog was acting out the plot for Jaws 2, the revenge. Is that what Jaws 2 is about? Jaws 2 is where the child of Jaws, Jaws' son, Jaws the second, Jaws Jr., smells the blood of, not even the blood, the actual, he, he goes after the wife, that, who's not even biologically related, of the original captain from the original Jaws That movie. is a very smart shark. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Does but, he have a little beanie cap? I feel like Jaws 2 has a little beanie cap and a back and a backpack. Yeah, and something it's to like, prove. It's like, I'll get you, Dad. I'll get him. I'll get, <laughs> I'll get him, back at you. I'll find your killer dad. Don't I, worry. I want to be an astronaut when I grow up. What's interesting about the Loveland Lizard Frog is like after these accounts came out and the cops basically downplayed it, like it was probably just a, a pet that escaped that also is bipedal and had fur and amphibious skin. There was an account that came to light. 20 years earlier in the same area from 1955 where uh, a businessman was said to have seen a group of three or four foot tall frog-faced creatures squatting under a bridge near Loveland. Oh Jesus, that they sounds horrifying. <laughs> they were described as having wrinkles instead of hair on their heads, lopsided chests, and wide mouths without lips like frogs. One of them is said to have held up a bar device that shed sparks. And then a strong odor of alfalfa and almonds was wait, reportedly left behind. Wait, so that one of the frog creatures had a Roman candle, is what you're saying? According to this account. They're under a bridge hanging out, just firing firing. Fire. So they're miscreants, really. Yeah, they're they're just juvenile van, delinquents. They, they could have just been ugly kids. As you can see, they're just like <laughs> ugly, not, ugly fat kids. I'm not discounting that. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it's like the fat little kid. It's Ohio, right? So it's possible. Yeah. Overweight. It just hanging below there. Balding, just shooting Roman candles off under a bridge. And they're like, ah, frogman. The cop just went, motherfucker. Just like turned away. Just <laughs> left. And in case you were wondering what the Loveland Lizard looks like, here's the police sketch of what he looks like. If you <laughs> want right. to describe that for the folks oh, at home. Yeah, we'll find, we'll find, a, we'll put this out online. He, okay. <laughs> he's a fat Liberace looking frog whose entire posture is just like, oh, hello. <laughs> and, and he has a, like a crocodile back. He has a crocodile back. And, and a little his, horn. And like, uh, he looks he looks like a Pokemon. And yeah. his arms are bent kind of like John Waters when he's like creeping up on you. <laughs> as if he's creep. approaching the piano. He's like, oh, if you don't mind if I do. I, like he's at a house party. Uh, he's he's like, like, I wish my brother George were here. And he's just, yeah, creeps over. He's like, Listen, I I can play if you'd like me to play for the party. Okay. I can play for the party. That's that's it's not 
at all intimidating. Not Especially, scary, but also, pretty great. Also a frog. Do you know how many frogs I've accidentally like stepped on as a child? Not a terrifying creature. Unless his tongue is like 20 foot long and he can just grab you and pull you into his mouth. So yeah, that was the Loveland lizard or the Loveland frog. I do have what I think is kind of funny. It's an actual a video sighting that someone supposedly captured of the Loveland frog. Oh, oh, I can't wait. So let me just pull this up. You know, a lot of these are just word of mouth, especially cryptozoology. Like, there's the photos that are clearly doctored. It, it feels like the animal sightings are always the least sound out of everything because it's the it's the craziest one. Now we're pulling up some actual footage of the Loveland frog. You see it? You see that run by? No. What? Listen to the sound that this thing makes. Note how Wait, unnaturally loaded. I, I saw nothing. It's not a normal frog, besides the fact that it's walking bipedally. Whoa! What is that? What, what was that? <laughs> no. What was that? Oh, now it's going to slow down. Oh, my. Wait, that's CG, right? <laughs> it is CG. Okay, that actually looked <laughs> kind of terrifying the first time because he has a grin on its face or something. You can look it up. It's called, the video is called, uh, The Loveland Frog Finally Caught on Tape Under the Account. The case, the case cracker. cracker, if you want to find it before it gets pulled down by the authorities for being too right. Uh, he does, he's doing the Zoolander. Blue Steel. No, no, the Blue Steel, the same way in Sixth Sense. You know in the Sixth Sense is that shot at the kid's birthday party where they're like the aliens outside and there's found footage. Are you talking about signs? Yes, the signs. Yeah. In signs. signs, when you see the alien lumbering by. And he does that. It looks so stupid that, when you watch it. That, except for just scary. a regular American bullfrog. But he just turned. Yeah, he's just doing that. And he's kind of just doing like a flap, a flap, like just kind of walking. <laughs> that was actually kind of scary. Not really a threat, right? Because the frog hasn't attacked anyone or any of the frogs. No, they're just hanging out under bridges. They're just hanging out under bridges, lighting fireworks. Hands. Like, they sound okay. They sound like they're protecting us, for they're eating pests. Right. Yeah, they're just eating pests and, and having box socials under bridges. I say we let them go. Just let the Loveland frogs <laughs> live and let Loveland. Oh, my God. You know in um, Turtles 2, when they turn dumb animals into Taka and Rezar? And, like, they could have picked even better ones instead of but a snapping turtle a and, like, a little, like, like fox yeah. or whatever. That's like this. This is the equivalent of like you could have this legend. It could be a, it could be a snake monster. Way more terrifying. It could be an alligator. All of these, all of these higher predatory animals, more terrifying than tall frog. So that was the Loveland lizard. <laughs> Jeez, this is so lame. Like it's, it's lame, but I I'm glad that uh, Central Ohio has its own little monster. I like, I like that one. Okay, and uh, he's a little frog man. No, I, I like that. There's lower. He's like. If you were an RPG, he'd be like one of the first things you fight. If this was Pokemon, yeah. he'd be like a first town Pokemon then, where he has, he has growl and maybe tackle. That's pretty good. Thanks. That was not even close to it. That's pretty good. No, I was just doing a generic RPG attack. That's pretty, pretty solid. Squeenix should call you up. Uh, should, I go with, should I go with mine? Uh, yeah. But what do you got? So mine is uh, interesting that I discovered it retroactively through the internet uh, stories rather than more of those kind of reported attacks. Uh -huh. He's he's called the Goat Man. Ooh. The Goat Man. So there are actually three to four different Goat Men around the country. Uh, there's like one in Florida, like one in Texas, and everyone has different variations on what the Goat Man is because it's a goat. 
mm-hmm. like different monsters and legends. The most common kind of thread through all of them is uh, a biped, human size goat, sometimes carrying a weapon like an axe hmm. that lumbers in the forest. So it's like a Diablo villain. Yes, a low tier Diablo villain for sure. Yeah. Uh, that most of like the, all the attacks are always like uh, someone was driving a car through Maryland and swore the goat man jumped on his hood and has like the photo proof of the dent on his car. And there were like two d- hoof prints on his car hood. Yeah, yeah. And oh, just, that's great. And just like goat men poop or whatever. So is he always carrying an axe? No, or like actually, a halberd? the mo the more common one, or at least the one that is more popular now, is the goat man is used as a phrase describing uh, a shapeshifter in the woods. Which is actually very horrifying. Oh, um, interesting. And so, obviously, we're dealing with old urban legends, which was just told by like a random farmer to maybe a newspaper, and that was it. The modern day equivalent of internet stories of encounters with these these people, which usually deal with a story involving them in like, like campers in the woods or walking through a forest and encountering a human that acts strange, that uh, not a goat person, oh. but that. And then reveals himself. Reveals himself either either revealed or into, oh shit, that was a goat man. Oh, like wait, so how would they ever know it was a goat man and not just a weird? Dude? I think when you're just applying the idea of a shapeshifter and then what it is, um, uh, one of my one of my favorite, and this kind of falls into the idea of uh, creepy pasta. If you don't know creepy pasta, this is these are the equivalent of like modern day internet stories sworn to be told from person to person uh, on message boards. The name, which does not sound spooky at all. Spooky spaghetti. Uh, creepypasta comes from the phrase copy pasta, where on message boards, if you take a story or some sort of bit of text and copy it over and over again, copy and paste, copy pasta. And then now creepypasta is the, the, the scary version of that. Um, and there's numerous. So really, it's the kind of the modern day urban legend. Yes. Kind of, because it's a story that kind of gets told and retold and the origins get lost, but everyone who is a heavy internet user becomes aware of them gradually. So a few of the common thread stories, a few of the telltale science is that they're bad at pretending to be humans. Oh, they'll, interesting. they'll repeat certain phrases. It's kind of the scary of, you can tell they're learning. Like they might hear a phrase and pick it up or... So basically it's a, a Furby. Yes, like a <laughs> giant Furby that infiltrates your group. Um, so a few of the things, like uh, they have trouble speaking English. Uh, since only known counts have them mimicking what others say and not really knowing what it means. So much like a Furby or a foreign immigrant that just moved to America, where they're just saying... Or someone who suffers from echolalia. What is echolalia? Echolalia is the condition of just repeating language without understanding it. So these could just be people with echolalia wandering in the woods, for sure. Or they could be goat men. Yeah. Uh, And you would also... A lot of the common stories always like you hear a muttering or some other voice that is not English, that there is some sort of language they have. So they're, they're mimics. Like, they're essentially trying to infiltrate, uh, always either to kill, but a lot of the stories never end with, like, and then one of our friends was murdered. It always ends with, like, like, they wanted to do something and break in. Um, Another common Which is even creepier, because when you can't discern something's motivations... Yeah, why? Anything could happen. Whereas, like, was it saving... Was it waiting for another moment to strike? Was it, like, you know, trying to replace someone? Yeah. Uh... And stories, the normal thing too is that they also like there's always a strange kind of like energy in the air whenever they're around. Oh, like an ozone. Or yeah, and then you'll smell yes. uh, small, like heavy metallic, like copper, kind of like blood smell. I've noticed a lot of these have like smells associated with yeah. them. Yeah, which is interesting because 
it's just add maybe just adds on to it the atmosphere it, it, like some, if something you smell changes almonds, it, it's like it's a new modern equivalent of and then all the forest was silent like all the animals yeah. just instead it's like this one smelled of cherries and elderberry right yes exactly <laughs> so uh if i could i'd like to read uh, just a little bit i'll just grab a moment from one of my favorite ones is a story uh, by someone named anasazi or nazi and it's from old message boards it's a longer story uh depicting how about 12 kids went out camping at night or staying at a cabin over multiple di- all, multiple days so um, without further ado an excerpt for, of chad quant's the goat man not my story. Not, my, not my the goat man story but thank of you chad quant's reading of the anasazi's the goat man story to catch you up where it is these are several children, uh, teenagers, who have been camping out in the woods multiple nights now. And uh, a woman, a young girl that they encountered in the woods, acting strange, mimicking, but for all intents and purposes, seeming to be another just kid in this forest or, or farmland, uh, joins them and is freaking everyone out uh, and leaves the cabin they're in random times without explaining where it's going. Hmm. And fr- everyone's freaking out. So now these kids are holed up in the cabin, terrified to leave. And for the main part of the night, nothing happens. At about one in the morning, we're outside getting drunk and telling ghost stories. As someone is finishing some spooky story, the smell comes back. And it's so fucking strong that one of the girls literally starts vomiting. I stand up, and you can actually feel how clammy the air is. And I say we should go inside. This isn't right. We should have just fucking left earlier. We all go back inside and we're standing around. My cousin just keeps going on about how it's the goat man and my cousin Rooster tries to shut him the fuck up. All the while I'm just feeling that something is wrong and I can't figure out who the fuck it is. We end up sitting in there for a while. The smell is just as strong and we're terrified and all huddled in this camper. We end up cooking brats for everybody because nobody wants to go outside. It's one of those packs with four brats in a pack and we have a total of three packs. I grill them up on the stove and give everybody a hot dog. I get mine. After a while one of my cousins gets up and goes over to the pot to get another one. He starts grumbling about how the fuck do I get two? And everybody else only got one. And I look at him like he's fucking stupid. I tell him that everybody only got one because there were only 12 brats. If he wants more, he should open up a new pack and cook some more. That's when the girl that had been out with Rooster and Tan just starts screaming, oh Jesus, oh Lord, get out. She's crying and shivering. And then it dawns on the cousin standing up what the fuck is wrong. Me and him both glance around the room. And then I feel my heart fucking sink. I run the fuck out of the cabin, and the girl runs out with us. The trailer door is banging against the side of the trailer as everybody books out of the cabin. One of my cousin's friends asks us what the fuck was wrong. I start counting us, and there's only 11 now. I shit you not, my cousin verified. There have been 12 people in the cabin, but being that everybody didn't really know each other well, nobody didn't really notice the whole fucking time, that there was been an extra person among us. Hmm. And then I realized earlier that I kind of noticed something was off. You know when you're just dicking around and having a good time and you, you don't sweat the small shit and you don't always keep track of certain stuff? But I'm dead sure that somebody else had been in the trailer with us and they'd been there for at least a fucking day eating with us. And what makes it worse is I could figure out which one because I don't think anyone could actually interact with the other person. So he was just there the whole time. There with him and then leaving and coming back. There's a lot of sausage counting. There's a lot of sausage counting. <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but they're like 12 rats. It's like a, it's a. I know it's important number. to the story, but I just found it funny that. And then he ate too many sausages. He was a very rude goat man. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying when you order pizza and there should be enough pizza for everybody, but then obviously someone took two slices, it means there's a goat man. <laughs> it means there's a goat man <laughs> among you or a goat man has left. <laughs> and it's not because I just wanted more pizza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the story goes on for a while more of like terrified, afraid to leave because no one can figure out who the goat man was or, or who this person was that left. Uh, and throughout 
multiple nights uh, or the night they're played by someone bl- like smacking on the door, seeing a figure outside with her back turned towards the door, hmm. just kind of stammering and muttering, but not ever attacking, just usually a voice of someone begging to be let in. So at one point in the story, uh, this kid's brother who had been not camping with him finally shows up in the evening with guns and they're telling them the whole story and he takes it seriously enough, but there's enough like clarification where they don't believe that it's a prank or anything like that. Um, Cause Tan, had, this brother Tan had seen something else too when he came in. This is the night where the goat man comes back at around 11. The single comper turns into an actual nasty, gross blood smell like cooking blood and singed hair. Tan and his cousin Reese get the fuck up instantly and grab the rifles. There's like a half knocking, half clawing at the door. And I should you not, there's this voice. And it sounds like when you see those YouTube cats and dogs. <laughs> Don't laugh at this. I'm sorry. This is how internet stories are told. I know. Goddamn respect this story. Go on. And it sounds like when those you, you see those YouTube's cats and dogs whose owners teach them how to talk. I love you. And it says in this halting, weirdly toned voice, let me the fuck in, stop fucking playing. It made my fucking nuts creep up against my body. One of the girls just starts crying and calling on Jesus. It was so fucking obviously not a person talking. It didn't have the right cadence, and that's some shit that I'd never realized until that moment. But all people have a certain cadence when they talk, no matter what language. All people have a certain kind of rhythm to talking. This shit didn't have any kind of cadence or rhythm. And he tells you to go YouTube those YouTube cats. YouTube those cats. <laughs> that, uh, and just spare you that. He goes, Oh, Long Johnson. Oh, Long Johnson. Oh, Don Piano. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what, what, let me in. <laughs> we lock the door and we can hear this shit keening and screaming. Reese says something had come out of the bushes, super low to the ground, crawling towards the cabin. He had shot at it. Pretty much, that was how most, the rest of the night went. It literally was screaming constantly for the next two hours. And we could keep hearing shit moving out into the tree line. We never came back up to the cabin until everybody had finally fallen asleep. Tan had been sitting in the chair watching the door with his rifle. Nobody else heard or saw this. And he told me two days later after the whole thing was over. He said he had been nodding off after the screaming and noises finally stopped, and he had been almost asleep when he saw someone come out of the bathroom and then lay down in the middle of the floor and go to sleep. He just assumed it was one of us, and he had nodded off. Then he said he kind of realized something was wrong. While pretending to be sleeping, he counted us. There were nine people in the cabin. He basically didn't want to try to shoot at the fucking thing in the cabin and have it kill us all then and there, or have Reese wake up and start shooting, and then we kill ourselves. So we just stayed awake all night, pretending to be asleep. He says sometimes it would stand up and kind of do this weird jittery thing or heave like it was laughing. Oh, no. But then it would lay back down. The story closes pretty weak because from my perspective, nothing happened. We woke up and it was the tan was a little jittery. He was avoiding looking at all of us. But we ate some breakfast, packed up and started walking to his house. He stayed last in the cabin and said he'd lock up and bring us the uncle's keys. Just start walking and he'd catch up, which I really didn't want to fucking do. We got a little bit up the path. And he came running up and basically we just jogged back to his house and his cousin took us home. There was a window in the bathroom. Tan had gone back to lock it and look in there. The window was fucking up when he went in there. I'm guessing they've been doing that all along, waiting for us to fall asleep or slip up and then getting among us. It walked with us and all the goddamn way back to his house. And he said it lagged to the back of the group and then looked him dead in the eyes and walked into the woods. <laughs> I genuinely always think that's a terrifying story. Just Other, unknown motives. Unknown motives. Maybe wanting to replace you. Maybe what? Uh, but but at one point, did he just want to show off his mad axe skills? 
<laughs> There's no axe in this room. This, this was... I can throw this axe into a tree. <laughs> I can throw this axe into a tree. And just catch it throws. <laughs> Dude, Goatman is awesome. <laughs> you just, Goatman just becomes everyone's best friend. Because you're going to say anything to Goatman, he'll just be like, my wife. Goatman just says, my wife. Man. Goatman Borat, loves boring impressions. Boring quotes never get old coming from Goatman. <laughs> and there's there's so he puts many a new spin on everything. <laughs> and there's so many stories just kind of involving some sort of variation on a goat man encounter. Yeah. That usually involves them replicating a human or pretending to be human. I think that's honestly more terrifying than a beast in the woods in many sure. ways. You know, it's the same reason that the White Walkers are scary in Game of Thrones, because you th- they seem to have some sort of sentience, but you have no idea what they're thinking or why they're doing what they do. Right. They're not killing people wantonly. Sometimes they'll stare at you. Sometimes they'll arrange body parts into weird patterns. They're just, like, unknowable creatures. And then, and then as soon as you learn any detail about them, like, if, if it was somehow discovered or part of the legend that Goatman just wanted your feet, <laughs> he's wanted to cut off your feet, it'd be like... That's not, that's not somehow, as scary. That's somehow not as scary. He just wants my feet. Okay, I can protect my feet. Yeah. I can keep them like in, in metal work boots. Metal boxes. I'll be fine. <laughs> but the goat man never tells you his secrets. So I, I have another one okay. that I wanted to mention. This one's a little more famous, but not, not quite. It's okay. called The Mothman. Oh, I love The Mothman. Also a movie. For about 13 months, beginning in November of 1966, a series of bizarre sightings took place around the area of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Aside from a spate of UFO reports and claimed poltergeist activity, several witnesses came forward with descriptions of an astonishing creature that may have been the focal point of all the weirds going on. They described it as approximately 7 feet tall, a wingspan of over 10 feet wide, gray scaly skin, large, red, glowing, and hypnotic eyes, and able to take off straight up in flight, traveling up to 100 miles an hour. It liked to mutilate or eat large dogs. It screeched and squealed like a rodent or an electric motor. It caused radio and television interference, and it had some mind control powers. It kind of hits all of the things that are spooky. Like, it eats things, it it creates weird disturbances in, in time and space. Yeah, it just seems to be a human. And it seems just, to control people's minds. It has yeah, telekinetic it's, it's, powers. It's like the superpowered monster. Yeah, so it was dubbed the Mothman by local newspapermen, and the creature seemed to have a particular effect on those with whom it came into contact. They began to channel information from what the author of a book about the Mothman called "The Mothman Prophecies," uh, John Keel, called "ultra-terrestrial entities." Keel himself was affected in this way and received prophecies from some unknown origins that were. More often than not, oddly less than accurate. So he was saying multiple people would have the Mothman reach out to them and, and say... tell them things. And say, vote for Nader. Nader's, <laughs> gonna, Nader's gonna do it. Is that a statue of Mothman just looking super jacked? Here's a depiction of the Mothman as a statue. Okay, uh, I, I will... I'll do this. I will tweet out these photos, by the way, of these <laughs> things when we put the episode out. So if you're listening, you can find me on Twitter at Quantum Theory. I will, we'll have photos of this up. You guys can check out. But he looks like essentially a ripped wrestler with cl- with three fingered claws and some sort of bird face and red glowing eyes. Yeah, that's not necessarily scary because he's got like, it's not less moth wings. It's like a butterfly man. He is a butterfly man and moth wings. The Mothman would predict strange goings on, often things of of dark consequences or disasters that were coming up, and try to warn people about them. Were there any of them ever correct? Was he ever right on any of them? 
Well, the most famous one was... If I remember the plot of the movie... Okay. Which was Richard Gere. There was some point it ended with like a bridge was going to collapse that and is the Mothman exact- had predicted. That's exactly what happened. Okay. So basically the movie that the awful movie with Richard Gere um, <laughs> Besides Pretty Woman. <laughs> the investigator who is loosely based on Keel, the author of the Mothman prophecies, starts receiving these phone calls from a mysterious voice that tells him things like, your keys are in your pocket. <laughs> thanks, voice. Thanks, Mothman. I wasn't even looking for them, but thank you. Yeah. And then eventually it starts saying things like, Flight 73 down, and then a plane crash happens. And then it ends with uh, predicting a bridge collapsing. And so he, in the movie, he runs and tries to save the woman who's the love of his life who's falling into this bridge. Probably that played by like Diane Lane or something. Yeah. But that bridge actually did collapse, and really? Keel claims that he received a prophecy about it. Did and he try to warn anyone? Well, he didn't realize what it was for until after it happened. Was it one of those, like... He was in Manhattan at the time. And the prophecy was just, thing fall, thing fall down. It wasn't like Brooklyn Bridge going down October 28th. The Mothman was first sighted in like the 1950s, right? And then kind of disappeared for 10 years. But then suddenly there was a rash of Mothman sightings right before the the collapse of the Silver Bridge uh, in Virginia, which caused the death of 46 people, which gave rise to the legend that the Mothman sightings and the bridge collapse were connected. And sure enough, the author of the Mothman prophecies claims that he did receive a vision of it of the bridge collapsing but didn't realize what it was until it was too late i, I gotta suggest a, a theory okay what's this guy's name what's his client keel. keel key and peel i think i think keel was doing this shit <laughs> i think i think keel was taking the bridge down and I then every production had like a hang glider going yeah he just had a giant moth mom? suit and just like i'm going to be played by richard gear in a few <laughs> years and just like flying <laughs> down he made the, the prediction that he himself that was going to be played by richard gear richard gear or at least hopefully at least a kevin spacey at least kevin spacey or maybe a bill pullman i'll settle for <laughs> bill pullman please and he just he's like a he's like a terrible batman villain because what he has the most to gain from these prophecies being right, or especially if he's just coming out with them post haste. Like, <laughs> he's like, "Oh yeah, that's I totally heard about that." Oh yeah, yeah. The so here's here's an actual the first news report that from the Point Pleasant Register, which is where all these sightings were happening. This is from Wednesday, November sixteenth, nineteen sixty six. Quote. It was a bird or something. It definitely wasn't a flying saucer. Two Pleasant Point couples said today they encountered a man-sized bird-like creature in the TNT area around midnight last night. The TNT area, by the way, is an area where a bunch of old World War II bunkers were built uh, that had a bunch of like old weapons stockpiles in them. And a lot of people think that the, the Mothman lived in those TNT barrels or maybe was created by it or attracted to it. God, he's the coolest guy. He just hangs out. He, like he a, lives in an explosive bunker. Oh, so cool. It's like the turtles. He's like the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yes. Uh, sheriff's deputies and city police went to the scene about 2 o'clock this morning but were unable to spot anything. But the two young men telling their story this morning were dead serious and asserted they hadn't been drinking. Steve Mallett and Roger Scarberry said the thing was about six or seven feet tall, had a wingspan of ten feet and eyes that were red and two inches in diameter and six inches apart. It was like a man with wings, Mallet said. It wasn't like anything you'd see on TV or in a monster movie. It's actually men- a lot of things in monster movies, Mr. Mallet. <laughs> yeah. The men and their wives were in Scarberry's car between 11.30 p.m. and midnight when they spotted the creature near the old power plant adjacent to the old National Guard armory buildings. 
The creature was seen standing on three occasions and was described as being extremely fast. It flew about 100 miles an hour in flight, but was a clumsy runner. <laughs> That's actually, imagine him just like trying to take off and just like, oh, oh god, like when you try to run in sandals. Just like the kind of like flop where your arms are just like flopping around. We went downtown, turned around, and went back, and there it was again. It seemed to be waiting for us. He said the light gray-like creature that scurried through the field and also flown across the top of the car. It apparently is afraid of light, Malabreason. Maybe it thought it was just scaring us off. That's actually the opposite of a moth. A mothman would be attracted to light. Attracted yeah. to the, that's how you catch the mothman. You just put you just turn on all of your lights in your refrigerators. Like you get like 20 refrigerators. You put them out in, the, in a parking lot at night. And you just plug them all in, you just leave them open, you just wait in the woods, like, moth's gonna come. And he just flies into a giant bug zapper? Yeah, or he just, he just goes to the fridge, he's like, oh, I just felt drawn to this light in this dark, <laughs> and you just throw a net on him. So, during the next few days, there were other people reported sightings. Two volunteer firemen cited, said it was a large bird with red eyes. Other people said that they, they saw eyes in a nearby field that glowed like bicycle reflectors, and then they were buzzing in their television sets. And then a German Shepherd dog disappeared. Oh no! Yeah. German Shepherd dog ate the German Shepherd. No. Um, then the bridge collapsed. People saw more of them, and then there were no more sightings for a long time. And then and Linda Scarberry and her husband came forward, saying they'd seen the Mothman hundreds of times. Saying sometimes at close range, it doesn't seem like it wants to hurt you. It just wants to communicate with you. I'm, I am not believing this nice couple. <laughs> Hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. Just like he stops in for tea, and they hang out and watch TV. They talk about everybody loves Raymond. They just chill. Mm, right. Not. So, besides the idea that this Keel guy was, in fact, pretending to be the Mothman, there are a few theories. Okay. Um, one is that it is, in fact, a large sandhill crane, which is a crane that has about a seven-foot wingspan and reddish color around the eyes, and it might have gone off a migration route, and people were seeing that. And people, it just it flew into a trench coat. <laughs> like it, it just has it like lying around it awkwardly. <laughs> all the time, and awkwardly runs trying yeah, to get just, it off. Uh, uh, a few people have mentioned that they believe the Mothman is a Thunderbird from Native American legend. The Thunderbird is depicted as a large bird that can cause wind and thunder with its wings, as well as shoot lightning out through its eyes. Sure, I guess that's also another bird type thing. That's <laughs> about it. Yeah. Many people throughout the world believe Mothman is an indicator of impending disaster. Claims have been made that it's been seen before a number of large-scale accidents, including Chernobyl exploding. And then some residents of the, the Point Pleasant believe that the Mothman is directly related to the curse of Chief Cornstalk. The chief and his son had gone to warn some local soldiers about a band of rogue Indians who were not abiding by the Indian peace treaty, but the two were captured instead and killed by the soldiers. Although often disputed, there are some claims that the Shawnee chief Cornstalk uttered a curse while he was being killed by the American soldiers, and that the Mothman was sent by him to fulfill his words. As cool as that is, listen, I love revenge curses as much as the next person. No. No. <laughs> And the Mothman is either just like some weird bug creature that likes to lurk and like disrupt things. He's a goof. He's a little rascal. He's a he's a Bart Simpson kind of thing. Or he's nothing. I or don't, he's a hoax. Or he's a crane. I don't know. With a, with a trench coat on. I am a very dumb white person, but I cannot see in what part of Native American lore is a giant moth that hates bridges. 
and there's like, a lot of bridge stuff going on. Yeah, the frogs hang out under the bridge, What's and then about bridges. We should just do a bridges episode. <laughs> bridges, fact or fiction? Are they good? Or are they bad? Or are they magnets for the paranormal? Are these made out of golem arms? They're just made out of golem <laughs> arms. Also, don't go see the Mothman prophecies. The, as a no, movie. it's really uh, bad. You can't even see the Mothman in it. Yeah, it's super. He's unsatisf- not in it. It's super unsatisfying. There's like. I think one shot where you maybe see him, but it's it's like it's a description, like someone is saying, and then I saw this Mothman, and then you see briefly like this thing fly at the camera, as if the the director and writer of that screenwriter was like, I think people are going to want as close to realism as possible with this <laughs> in this story movie. about a psychic moth. Should creature. we should we stretch the truth a little bit just to amp up the drama and the action no, and like no, 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 make no, it no. a little bit and maybe you know. Make it scary. No, what if Richard Gere is just like getting phone calls, writing down pieces of stuff on pieces of paper, and then he runs onto a bridge? What if that was a movie? And and he he talks about a moth he saw. Good, real good, real real good. <laughs> Meanwhile, Captain Phillips just takes the entire story about a man who's held hostage. Be like, yeah, and then like SEAL Team Six shows up and ten submarines pop up. I'm like, how can Captain Phillips go more fictional than the Mothman prophecies? <laughs> I don't know, but he did. <laughs> okay. Stupid Mothman. I've always hated the Mothman because of that. You're dumb. <laughs> All right, so let's rank these in order. Goatman, the best. Not my story, but Goatman's the best. Then Frog Guy. Loveland Lizard. Loveland, Loveland frog. Lizard Frog Guy. Might just be a bro. You could probably bring like a six pack down underneath that bridge. And, and you're just like, hey, you want to light this firecracker? And he'll grab and he'll grab the beer with his long tongue, like a Budweiser commercial. <laughs> and you just drink and hang out down there and tell you scary stories. Then the last one, the Mothman, aka a journalist writer who just blew up bridges. I'm sorry to anyone who died in the bridges, but it was probably that guy. It was probably Keel. Probably Keel. Can't trust a guy named Keel. Nope. <laughs> All right. If you guys have any other stories, I would honestly send it our way. Uh, I would love to hear if you guys have like other encounters you've discovered or want to share. So if you have any cryptids that you think we missed or that we should highlight in our next inevitable cryptid episode, feel free to email us at paranoiashop at gmail.com. That's paranoia, S-H-O-P-P-E at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Twitter, Good Aaron or Quantum Theory. That is Aaron and, and me, respectively. If you haven't yes. figured that out, uh, we actually got some cool submissions. We're going to be making some episodes out of them. Thank you so much for your emails. Uh, we, they were not cryptozoologist suggestions, so we say. But we them. will. They are in the queue, as it were. We've gotten a few great emails, but keep sending them our way. We do read them and respond. So thanks for yeah, thanks for listening. I think we're I think we're wrapping up. I think this is the end of the show. We're experimenting with doing more shorter episodes. So you get more but they're shorter blocks. We're actually trying something different on Paranoia Shop. We'll see how it goes. We're going to try to do uh, shorter episodes, but more frequently. So the same amount of content, but now you get into more digestible chunks. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. Let us know what you think. And speaking of that, uh, we've already said before, please send us anything uh, our way. Either stories you want us to cover, thoughts on these. We'd love to hear your theories, stuff we missed. Maybe you have a different idea of what the Mothman is. If you want to listen to us, more episodes, you can find us on iTunes, right? We're on iTunes. We're on a lot of places. You can have us on iTunes. Or you can go to tinyurl.com slash explosopodcast or look us up on Feedburner. That's the, yeah, that's the entire network, all the shows on it. Thanks for listening. It's been a blast. There will be many more of these to come, so please send your favorite cryptids to us. And with that, uh, we'll leave you with one last little tidbit. While I was researching the Goatman stories, 
I found this great one. I was like, wow, the Huffington Post is covering the goat man. Oh, shit. Uh, this is a story called Goatman Spotted in Mountains of Northern Utah. Well, an early morning hiking trip turned into quite an odd encounter for a Salt Lake City man. While admiring the scenery, he noticed something very odd up on a hill. It was a man dressed like a goat hanging out with a herd. Look closely there. To get a better look, he pulled out his binoculars and realized that whoever it was spent a lot of time putting together this clever disguise. His goat costume was definitely homemade, wasn't done very well. He had a full mask that was covering his face up and he had fake horns coming off the top of the head. And he actually had to pull the mask up over his head occasionally to be able to see his way as he's making his way over rocks and down bushes. That is dedication to get close to those goats, right? Just as Cody was snapping these pictures, the man spotted him and then began sulking on the hill. Wildlife officials say they have seen this kind of thing before, but haven't been able to identify this particular wildlife enthusiast. The goat man then put his mask back on, got back down on his hands and knees, and scurried to catch up with the herd. We were the only ones around for miles. It was really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> the scariest story of all, a real life thing that actually happened. Oh my God. All right, thanks for listening. Goat it up.